0: Today's episode is brought to you by MIDAL. We live in a society that has normalized discomfort, especially around your period. MIDAL reminds people that reaching for comfort for menstrual symptoms actually makes us powerful, which is why it's the number one menstrual pain relief brand. MIDAL Complete is a multi ingredient medication specially formulated to provide multi symptom relief from cramps, bloating, fatigue, headaches, and more. Embrace your comfort and your power with MIDAL. Just a reminder that Diet Starts Tomorrow is a podcast for entertainment purposes only. It is not a medical podcast and does not constitute medical advice. Always seek the advice of a physician or a health professional. Betches Media presents Diet Starts Tomorrow. I stand behind my decision to avoid salad and other disgusting things. With hosts Remy Casimir. I'll have what she's having and Emily Lubin. Remember, shoot like you have a secret. We're here to amuse
1: your boosh.
0: Hello and welcome to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm Emily. And I'm Remy. And today we have a special
1: bonus episode brought to you by Midol. Embrace your comfort and your power with Midol.
0: And joining us for the episode is content creator, former D1 athlete, and host of Real Pod, Victoria Garrick-Brown. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. You're so welcome. We're so happy to have you. And also later in the episode, we'll be joined by Dr. Yasmin Wadden, an OBGYN and Vice President of Medical Affairs for Bayer Women's Healthcare.
1: Yes. Okay, so first, welcome, Victoria. We're so excited to have you. We talk about soreness a lot on this podcast, being sore, pushing through the pain, all that stuff. As a D1 athlete, like I just remember all the D1 athletes having two a days and the craziest schedule. Like, How did you deal with soreness as an athlete in college?
2: Um, You really do have to just pretend you're not sore because there's no option to, you know, take a break or have an off day when you have a game or you have practice um, and you just have to be there. I think, I don't know. I was thinking about this the other day as I try to like figure out how to work out now as a non-athlete is being so sore. But when we were athletes, I remember telling each other like when you're sore those are the days you want to work out because it's like your muscles are really malleable and I don't know if that was just something we told ourselves Mm. to like push through
1: or like your coaches told you yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah like like it's actually really good for you to work out when you're sore because like your muscles are growing or like evolving so I guess I always used to think that and then the other thing is like The hardest part is just starting, but once you then get into the rhythm of practice and you're sweating and your body's warm and your blood's flowing, like, you don't feel as sore. It's really when you go from an intense workout to doing nothing that you then get stiff, I think. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can also imagine that it is such a mental game because just seeing, I've never played sports, but just seeing my friends who were athletes in college, just the mental fortitude it took to be doing two-a-days and sometimes three-a-days, you know, every single day, you need to like shift into, like you said, I don't even have an excuse. I can't take it. Yeah, a break. definitely.
2: And, you know, as a college athlete, the majority of your schedule is really being determined for you by other people. It's by your coaches, the team time block. It's then the classes you can take as they relate to the time you're now going to be free to take class because you've already blocked out when you're going to be practicing. So yeah, I think mentally you just know like what you are there to do, what you've signed up for, also what you're working towards, you know, you're working towards hopefully winning your conference, winning a championship. And so I think it it makes Mm -hmm. it more motivating to push through it than it does now when I'm like... I don't have to go to my workout class today.
1: (laughs) Yeah, not like some people's scholarships depend on them making those practices. So they're like, I'm going to, of course, push through the soreness. Otherwise, I got to leave school. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) What about sickness or injury? Did you ever, like, how did you determine if you were too sick to go to practice? Well, I was
2: super lucky to never experience a injury significant enough to pull me from competition throughout my four years. And I'm so grateful for that because it's definitely heartbreaking to watch teammates who, you know, tear ACLs or tear ligaments in their shoulders and then have to like sit out a season. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, my injury was more on the mental side. You know, I struggle with depression, anxiety, and that's... I think even more nuanced because you don't have this physical cut or bruise or swollenness that other people, yeah, that other people are saying, yeah, Yeah. you should sit out or you need help. It's like when someone's depressed, they look the same as someone who isn't most of the time, right? That's why I call Mm -hmm. it the hidden opponent mental health or these invisible injuries. So, you know, then you have to really have the self awareness and the self compassion and respect to give yourself permission to validate that and not, uh, you know, suppress it and tell yourself, I should be stronger. I should be tougher when you would never say that if you had a sprained ankle.
1: Like in the 80s, this girl like had broken her ankle and still did vault. And everyone in the gymnastics community was like, look at her. That's so amazing. When really it's like, oh my God, look at the culture of like not even taking care of yourself when your ankle is snapped.
2: I cannot even imagine that pain. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also, I've been thinking about
0: this because I've been re-watching Cheer. Have you seen Cheer? Yes. And um, that is one of the most impressive things to me is just how these athletes are constantly pushing through pain like it's nothing. And what are the long-term ramifications of that? There must be some long-term problems that people have from pushing through the pain and not Allowing their body the chance to heal.
2: Yeah, you know, I'm obviously not a doctor, but just from the athlete experience, you're certainly doing things that are going to affect your body the rest of your life. Like I just, I don't have knees that could allow me to run a marathon because of the way that I played volleyball, and that's just how it is for me. Mm -hmm. And I think there may be some other volleyball players who can. I know gymnasts, especially, like their bodies develop in a different way because of what they're doing when they're younger that like, I've, and once again, I don't know if this is like scientific, but I know a lot of gymnasts will talk about how it like, you can't be really tall and be a gymnast because you need to be flipping and twisting and turning. So when you're doing that, when you're younger, I think your body is just gravity just slams
1: you into the ground and you can never grow.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But watching cheer, I certainly had mad respect for those athletes. I mean, that was a grind. Yeah,
0: yeah I, they're amazing, but also, ouch. Yeah. I just kept thinking,
1: ouch. Yeah, and a lot of those athletes and you get their periods, which mm-hmm. is even if you ha- don't have a formal injury, that hurts at least once a month or it messes with your cycle or something like that. So like ha- like we've always seen Tampax Sport Period <laughs> ads or whatever. And it's like, oh, if you use a tampax sport, you it's so yeah, I'm, easy. I'm
0: Mountain climbing. I got my tampax. Yeah. Sport I'm in. doing flips. But I'm, it's like I'm bungee jumping. <laughs> what about
1: the actual pain that the that you have to go through when pushing? Like what were you doing when you were having period pains?
2: Yeah, it's interesting you asked that. So I was on the pill throughout college and didn't experience the natural symptoms that my body would have otherwise be having. Ooh, and okay. now I'm no longer on that. And so I'm experiencing my natural period and it is so painful sometimes. I mean, literally yeah. when I had my period last time, I, I explained to my husband, I'm like, do you even understand? I'm like, I don't think you do. I'm like, don't. imagine there's a hand from the inside of your body, just grasping your lower, like, For me, it's my uterus. I'm like, for you, just imagine like your lower organs and it's just clenching it and it's pulling it in tightly. And that's just, that's the starting (laughs) base. And then we have cramps and we have back aches and your boobs are tender and you're emotional. And so now I like literally when I have to emotionally prepare to get my period because I'm like that first day, I can't usually proceed like like Mm. the way I would on a regular day because the pain can be so distracting. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been taking Midol Complete, which has been amazing because I feel like it's the one thing that actually Mm. mitigates a lot of uh, the symptoms I just mentioned. And I'm just grateful for that because before I discovered that, there were very long days. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well,
0: I'm not sure if you saw this, but Time Magazine recently reported that the women's national soccer teams of New Zealand and England are no longer using white shorts in their uniforms due to period anxiety concerns. Um, Honestly, when I heard this, I was shocked they even had white shorts to begin with. Like, that's a no-fly zone for me when I'm working out. But what do you think about that? Did you... Uh, you said you were not getting your period, but, like, did you experience anything similar, like, not wanting to
2: wear a certain uniform for certain reasons? Oh, my God.
1: Volley, volleyball uniforms?
2: Right. Well, regardless of if I was experiencing significant symptoms or not at the time, like, you're wearing these little booty shorts. Yeah. And it is pretty easy for a little string to pop out the side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, like, it's part a, of your outfit with volleyball a, shorts. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, a thick pad to look like you're wearing, like, something, a something diaper. in diaper your shorts. I mean, yeah. And I'm, I was a libero, so I was on the floor, like legs sprawled rolling around. Um, and you, I think the thing is like female athletes have to think of and worry about additional things that like male athletes don't have to worry about. Like And, you know, even at a high level, just like body image, like women, it's like, how does my body look in my uniform? But, oh, wait, you're going to compete. Like, it's so not about how you look in a uniform, but we feel that pressure. And so I think it's great that if athletes are feeling, you know, distracted or concerned about a white uniform, like, yeah, let's get that changed. I'm also, though, on like this new, very feminist wavelength of like, if I did have like blood on my shorts or my leg, I'd be like. And what about it? Yeah, show it off. Yeah.
1: No, (laughs) my little white shorts would look like Japan. But like,
2: why why are we feeling so much shame for something that happens to everyone who gets a period? And it's so natural. And like, I think that's the thing I've been thinking about the most. Like, what have I been made and conditioned to feel shame about that is simply just being... A female. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 And what is so shameful about it? I mean, I guess the answer is that we've been told we need to hide it you know, ever since we get our periods, it's like, this mm-hmm. is your little
2: secret. You need to hide it, you mm. know? Definitely. I and mean, we see it in the movies. It's the embarrassing scene of like, if you do bleed through your white jeans, like, I feel like we can think of a million different If you sit stories. on ketchup,
1: people think you might've gotten your period. <laughs> yeah. God oh, that forbid. Was even, that
2: was even a prank, right? Like yes. a prank uh-huh. you pulled on, was putting the ketchup on the chair. Like, yeah. And so I just think, yeah, I've been trying to unlearn a lot of that and that and I'm super like when I'm on my period, I'm really transparent. Like I put my all Complete in my purse. If I have the mm-hmm. Middle Heat vibes, patches, which I'm obsessed with, like I will bring Ooh. multiple and just I will dish them out for friends. I'm like, do you need one? Do you need one? And like just for your I don't, like stomach cramps? Yeah. Uh yeah, they're they're oh great. They're these little heart-shaped patches. You can put them on like the outside of like a yoga pant and they heat up immediately. Like, remember those like hand warmers? Yes. I get oh my God! I'm gonna have front. my
1: ice pack on my one side of my body, on my back, <laughs> keeping me cool, and, on and then a heating
2: pack on, yeah, on my I mean, uterus. Yes. Are they really heart shaped? Yeah, they're so cute. That, they're, they're that's like a fun just for
0: flair. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean because of course, <laughs> and they last for up to eight hours, so that's major for me too. But my point is like, I will. I, I just think when I was growing up, I maybe would have hid any sort of like additional care I would have had for getting my period. And now I'm just completely the opposite. And if not, I'm like adding more just in case any other people might need something.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally.
2: Was there a person
0: on your team that was like the keeper of the tampons?
2: <laughs> That's hilarious. I I feel like there's so many different types of girls on a team. Like there's the they're the people who have like, you know, their journals and their calendar inside mm-hmm. their locker and like different change of outfit. Then there's like me who like rolls up and is like, I forgot shoes. Like I I forgot deodorant guys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fully. Like I'm just chronically unprepared. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that would be me, which is why it's good that I wasn't on a team. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: So as a former D one athlete, what is your usual workout routine like now?
2: So that has been a journey. Like I have been really trying to figure out like what works for me and this is year five out of school. So Mm -hmm. it's taken a while and I really encourage anyone who comes from a really intense athletic or training background, like to give yourself grace when that ends, because as I said before, the majority of my life was being like planned out by other people. So were my workouts. So were when I was working out, what I was doing. So to literally have free reins and be like, oh, unless I like carve out time and I sign a gym and I buy the class and I go alone, like it's not happening. It's not going to happen. And, yeah, right. So it's long story short. I have gr- been grateful to feel like I'm finally in a place where. I'm working out two to three times a week, whether it's a long walk or it's going to a workout class or it's lifting, um, and also finding what's going to motivate me because it's if it's not for a game or a championship, and mm-hmm. I'm, of course – as you guys know, not doing this to change my body or because I hate myself, Um, right? right. I'm trying to find, okay, what's like a really positive motivation. And for me, it's been like gratitude for the body I have. Like my grandma, I'm Greek, Mm. so I call her my Yaya. My Yaya was just in town and like she came to watch us play pickleball and she's just sitting there watching. And I was just like, When I'm her age and I can't play like a game or I can't Mm -hmm. be like, I will be like, why wasn't I running 10 miles a day when like I had the legs and the ability and the privilege to do those things? So for me, I've been really trying to tap into like immense gratitude for the body that I have. And like, no matter what kind of body you have, you know, whether it's just taking yourself outside to be in nature or to be under the sun, like, and and for me, that has been a, a big thing that's been able to help me gain that motivation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's got to be
0: a mental shift considering how much you need to work out when you're a college athlete. And then you have no none of that structure when you leave. And like, obviously, getting outside going for a walk, that's good for everybody. But I, I, my question about that is just, does it ever feel like I'm not doing enough because I that would be like not even a warm up for volleyball <laughs> practice. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, no I'm laughing because that you're literally in my thoughts. I mean, that was also <laughs> what made it really difficult to even figure out a workout routine is like my standard, my standard. The bare minimum is you're doing three hours a day, so mm-hmm. how? But then, how does someone who works a full-time job? I'm now married. I like. How, yeah. Where am I fitting in a three-hour workout? Like that's not happening. And also, it, that's just ridiculous. Like I, I mean, and I have to remind myself. I was doing that when I was playing on one of the top teams in the country. Like for something. I mean, that's not my life anymore. And I have to be able to recognize that. Like a thirty-minute walk is a badass. And like I yeah. have to be able to celebrate that. Like a 30 minute walk is better than if I did nothing that day, like for my body. And so I have really had to appreciate like, and now when I do these like 15 minute workout classes, like I'm so proud of myself. Like that's major, like a 45 minute cycling. Like that's a lot for me. And I think it's also that happy medium of recognizing like what I used to do is not normal or standard for the average adult. And Mm -hmm. I'm having to rewire how my brain views a workout.
0: I think that's really helpful. And I think the listeners are going to find that really helpful because it can be tempting to be like, well, if I'm going to work out, I should work out as hard as I possibly can. But I think that keeps a lot of people from working out regularly because they're like, well, I don't really feel like going for an hour and a half and exerting myself really hard. So they just don't do anything. And Then it it gets hard to develop that hat. Very black and white. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's all about balance. And what's worked for me to get even more granular is. I know on Mondays, I want to work out. I know if I, if I sign up for the class the night before it's 8am, I'm like feeling anxious. I usually sleep in like, it's just, that's not how I roll. I'm very intuitive. I'm also an intuitive eater. So I wake up on Monday morning and I put on my workout clothes. That's my uniform for the day. And then Mm -hmm. I check what time the classes are. And then sometimes I'll be like, you know what, let's go right now. Let's make the 8am. Or sometimes I'll be like, uh, not feeling it at the moment, but the clothes are on and I'm thinking I'll work for a few hours and then I'll go and whenever at you're ready
1: to go, it'll and happen. then pick up
2: lunch. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. a lot of people are u- using a gym or a workout class if they are that's nearby where they live. So for me, like just the flexibility of like, okay, I'm gonna go today, I don't know what time, like that's that's had me going way more than just like mm-hmm. I need to go at seven AM.
1: And do does your routine change because we were talking about period pain before, like When you're bloated or you're bleeding or whatever, like-
0: Or just
2: low energy. Or just low
1: energy, yeah. How do you maintain your routines or how do you change your routines?
2: Well, I will get really bad um, back, lower back aching pain, like the night Mm -hmm. before my period, especially. That's how I know it's coming. So at least I have a little Mm -hmm. like warning sign, but I certainly cannot be doing like- impact jumping or running like when i'm experiencing those back aches so um sometimes i do think like just walking does like get i think it's just so good for your body holistically so i'll walk once again if we're not being super black and white like ad- adjust the workout for how your body's feeling and like if you're on your period maybe you want to just do a yoga class or you want to just stretch at home or maybe you're saying you know what this is really disruptive to how I'm feeling emotionally, so we're not gonna move our bodies today, and that's okay. Like you have to take care of yourself based on you know how your period's feeling.
1: Amazing, and you can always take a mite right?
2: Yes, exactly. a little better. Exactly, and uh, literally, I got my the last time I got my period. It was uh, the morning. I was excited to go spend this big day at the mall with my husband, and I was like not today. Like you're not going to ruin this. <laughs> and it's been foggy in LA. So it was this beautiful sunny day. I'm like, we're going. And so, yeah, I took Midol Complete. Also, but Midol Complete has caffeine, which is great because I'm not a big coffee drinker. So Ooh. that also – that's just a nice plus. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> gives you a yeah, nice boost. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, we're gonna, we're gonna help with the period pain and I'm gonna be energized. Sign me up.
1: <laughs> Amazing. We have learned so much. And now we have our second guest joining us, Dr. Yasmin Wadon, the OBGYN and Vice President of Medical Affairs for Bayer Women's Healthcare. Welcome, Dr. Wadon.
3: Thank you so much. It's so great to be here with y'all today.
1: Same. Can you talk about some of the common and less common period symptoms that people experience?
3: Yeah, sure. So uh, a couple things to keep in mind, right? First is that the symptoms in many cases start prior to the period itself, Mm -hmm. right? So this is known as the premenstrual symptoms or PMS, right? Never heard of it. (laughs)
1: Yeah, (laughs) and the definitely not happening to me right now. Right.
3: <laughs> Nor I, but uh, this, and the second, right. The second thing is to keep in mind is that each individual person has their own experience with their menstrual cycle or their period. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for the symptoms that I've about, about to describe, you know, each, each individual may experience these, yeah, or not at all or experiencing to uh, varying degrees of intensity, right. So some, some person may have cramps that are really severe, whereas mother others may have more back pain that's more severe. So just to keep in mind in general, you know everyone has their own experience. That said, some of the more common um, symptoms or less common symptoms um, may include cramping, uh, feeling bloated, headaches, uh, fatigue and lower energy, which I think we heard Victoria previously speak to, um, feeling really tired, um, having back pain changes in mood. Uh, and even, even some folks have um, gastrointestinal symptoms. Oh, so yeah. they have some GI stuff that pops up, Period right? Period poops. Um, oh, ex- right. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. right. That's right. Um, and then um, even changes in sleep and, you know, more commonly breast tenderness. Those are some of the symptoms that um, some folks may may experience.
1: Mm-hmm. And how do you usually tell people to treat these symptoms?
3: You know, there are several options to address the varying symptoms, including several over the counter options such as acetaminophen, ibuprofen, and even, was mentioned before, the MITOL family of solutions such mm-hmm. as uh, MITOL Complete. Um, there's also mital long-lasting relief, and this all speaks to the point made earlier that each individual experiences these symptoms, has their own experience with them, mm-hmm. and and so there should be um, differing solutions that are available to for folks to tap into it to address those symptoms.
0: <laughs> this is my personal experience, and I wanted to ask you if this is normal or something that you've seen before. But mm. I used to not get. Barely any period symptoms at all for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And then pretty much after I turned thirty, it started getting way worse. My mm. symptoms were way more noticeable. And I don't know if that's a common thing when women age, but I would love to know if you've if you've heard of that before.
3: It is common, right? Because you know our bodies are growing with us and changing with us. you know we we rarely stay the same in any any sort of season of our life. And that the same goes for what our body experiences, such as our menstrual cycle, right? And so to answer your question very directly, it is common. And yes, it it happens because that's just part of our bodies evolving and growing with us.
1: Can people experience menstrual symptoms even when they don't have their periods?
3: They can. And that goes back to the the topic where we uh, touched on previously about the uh, premenstrual Symptoms, Right. So you don't necessarily you're not necessarily on your period. Right. But right, right, there right. are definitely signals that your body's giving you to say, hey, girl, look out. It, you know, it's coming.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I mean, I feel like definitely in media and in, you know, popular culture, the stereotype is that PMS turns you into a bitch. <laughs> um, but mm, very mm. recently, I, I've started learning about the different phases of the menstrual cycle and oh, yeah. how there are different times throughout the month, not just before your period, that you could have hormonal changes or mm-hmm. mood changes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was wondering if you could tell us about the different phases of the menstrual cycle.
3: Sure. Yeah, so so the, you're absolutely right, right? There are multiple phases to the menstrual cycle, and they all have to do with the hormonal triggers that are happening throughout the cycle. And so, um, just to sort of maybe take a step back, the 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 average length of a menstrual cycle, as I said before, it can vary depending on you know the person experiencing it, but the average menstrual cycle is about 28 days. And there are cycles that can be a little bit shorter, a little bit a little bit longer, but all sort of all within that normal range.
1: The cycle, not the period itself. I know some of you are thinking it. This is not a 28-day period. If it is, go to your doctor. That would be terrifying. That's right. Yeah,
3: you, you stole my thunder. Oh, I was going to say sorry. that, right? But the period itself, right? <laughs> but the period itself, right? Usually lasts about two to seven days. But to your point, if it's if it's longer, if it's heavier, mm-hmm. right? And we can talk a little bit about that. Then those are all signs that you should sort of go in and, and have a conversation with your clinician about what you're experiencing and what solutions may be appropriate for you.
1: And so, and the other phases, like, will mm-hmm. it be like week one, I'm energized. Week two, I'm tired. Week three, my boobs hurt. Week four, I'm bleeding. Like, what are the phases <laughs> the same for different people? What What do the phases feel like in the body?
3: The phases will feel differently depending on who you yeah. are, right? Some people do go through that. Some people can tell you that I am in the luteal phase of my cycle, right? Because and and you know, without getting into the the weeds on what those different the the names of those different cycles, essentially it is just your body's way of preparing for what will eventually happen. And that's ovulation that happens about midway through the cycle, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and, and then, your body's way of, of preparing itself for the, the potential for pregnancy
0: to happen or not. Ovulation is my favorite part of the cycle, personally. That's <laughs> I'm riding high during ovulation. I'm feeling my best. I'm getting my workout in. Ooh, it's you feel like a superhero.
3: Exactly, but there are some people that it's the it's the reverse, right? It's the flip. Some mm-hmm. people feel really cruddy when they ovulate, oh, and it's very painful, sad. and it's not a, a good experience, right? Especially if they have underlying conditions that that may contribute to the discomfort that's happening during that period of time. Mm-hmm. So again, all goes back to everyone experiences this in in a, a, their own way, but there are solutions out there that can help. And, and I mentioned a bit uh, about the severity severity of the symptoms and mm-hmm. one symptom that some women may experience is the amount of bleeding that they have right and so um, some women have bleeding that can be in excess of what the, the average cycle looks like and so they find themselves for example changing their pad or their tampon every two hours or yeah. so and that's kind of that's that's outside the norms of of uh <laughs> of the boundaries of normal if you will yeah right? that,
0: i mean that sounds like a lot to me
3: yes Exactly. You know, in these situations, when the symptoms experience, like I said, fall outside the average, particularly when they start to impact a person's day to day, such as he- heavy bleeding can do for goodness sake, then these, this is a sign that you should go in and have this conversation with your your clinician because, you know, the symptoms should never really, definitely not be getting in the, the way of your day to day life. They shouldn't be impacting your quality of life. I mean, I had folks come in and, and you know, Ha- they're literally planning their lives around their period, right? Having to carry extra clothing, mm-hmm. having to carry around that stigma, that emotional energy mm-hmm. of worrying about bleeding through their clothing, an important trigger for women to think about, you know, in terms of going in and speaking to their healthcare provider and, and seeking out that education and awareness on it, because guess what? There are solutions that, that women can turn to, right? If appropriate for them, like oral medications, Like hormonal intrauterine devices that can also serve as birth control, that will also address the bleeding.
1: Yeah. Also, something I just learned about because one of my friends is really nervous about period and a uh, a trip is there Mm -hmm. are period-proof bathing suits now. Shut up! Ah, Yeah.
0: Wow! Check
1: it out, you guys. Pretty cool. But what you were. What you were saying about the cycle, I was, we've been thinking uh, or talking about journaling in a lot of different capacities, day journaling, dream journaling, whatever. Maybe keep a period journal. See how you personally feel in the different phases of your period so that like the next time it Mm -hmm. happens again, you're like, oh, okay, I recognize this. I know how to take care of this again.
0: Yeah. Or I mean, there are so many apps where you can track your cycle that makes it pretty easy and you can add notes about how you feel Mm -hmm. during certain phases. I find that that's a little bit easier than writing it down. But also- I worry about those apps in some states. Why is that? You know why. Oh, um, (laughs) (laughs) but the problem with those apps, I think, and the problem with, you know, keeping track of your cycle in general, is that it takes a little bit of time for you to get it down. Like once you start tracking it, it might not be every 28 days on the day. So you really need to do it consistently to get a good handle on it. And that's where you start to see some problems. Like some people will uh, have unprotected sex when they're not ovulating and Mm. maybe they're not keeping track of that so closely. So you got to be careful with those apps is what I'm saying, but they are helpful.
3: Right. And I think I think in general it's just being in tune with your body, right? And the and the its ebbs and flows and the and and how you are receiving things. Like personally, myself, I I can uh, assess where, what phase I'm in, mm-hmm. right? And, and because of how I'm reacting to things, right? If it's if I'm like well, well, wow, that was a little bit of an overreaction. Yeah. This is me personally. I'm a little snippy, and I'm like, all right, <laughs> yes. <laughs> then and then I'm like, okay, must be in that phase. <laughs>
2: I actually have a question too. Yeah, I'm curious on the color of our period blood, and does Mm, that mean? Great question, Victoria,
0: coming in with the heavy hitting questions. (laughs) Let's get to it. I've I've wondered the same thing, though.
3: Really, it's not about the color. I think it's really that the amount that signals something underlying, rather than the color of the flow itself. Sometimes, what you'll notice is that at the, the 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 beginning of the period, it might be a little bit lighter, and then become darker as this as the period progresses, and then become even darker as you sort of ra- round out the, the the menstrual period itself. But in terms of you know any any colors that it should or shouldn't be, I don't think that there there are there's a a, a, a normal if you
2: will. Does that make there's sense? There's no Pantone yeah. color
1: for period
2: that's exactly. interesting Got it. that's right so yes. i can't like eat certain foods to get like a pretty pink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you eat a
0: lot of broccoli it'll be green no I, actually i think if it's green you should see your doctor too
1: yeah
3: correct yes. <laughs> um, yeah if it's outside that pantone you know spectrum then definitely <laughs> seek some advice
1: um you guys thank you so much for talking to us can you remind people where they can find you online victoria
2: Yeah, I'm on Instagram and TikTok at Victoria Brown. And then my podcast is called Real Pod. Thanks for having me.
1: Of course. And same question for Dr. Wadon. Where can everybody find you?
3: So um, Midal has a website for customers to read about the different solutions that are there. And um, if you'd like to reach me, you can just reach out to um, the contacts on that website and I'll be happy to touch base.
1: Amazing. You guys, mm-hmm. that is it for today's episode. Thank you again for joining us. Thanks again to our presenting sponsor, Midal. Midal Complete is a multi-ingredient medication specially formulated to provide multi-symptom relief from cramps bloating, fatigue, headache, and more. Embrace your comfort and your power with MyDoll.
0: Yes, and be sure to send your questions to DST at Betches.com to get them answered and follow us at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram. If you like this episode, please write us a review and don't forget to check out our DST merch on shop.betches.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And of course, follow me at Lubination. Follow me
1: at Remy Casimir. And remember, we're always with you
0: through Thick and thin.
1: Diet Starts Tomorrow is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Aliza Zinn. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Aliza Zinn. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander.
0: Be sure to follow Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to DST at betches.com or your voicemails to 212 287 5650.
1: Thanks again to Midol for sponsoring today's episode. Midol believes that comfort is power, but 62% of people who menstruate feel uncomfortable talking about their period. We cannot normalize comfort without first normalizing openly talking about all period symptoms. And Midal is on a mission to do just that. Their Midol Complete is a multi-ingredient medication formulated to provide multi-symptom relief of period symptoms, including cramps. Betches.